verse 14. So we will start with Romans chapter 15, starting at verse 14. I'm going to read verses 14 to 16, and it reads, My brothers and sisters, I am sure that you are full of goodness. You are filled with knowledge and able to teach one another. But I have written to you very boldly about some things. I wanted to remind you of them again. The grace of God has allowed me to serve Christ Jesus among the Gentiles. I have the duty of a priest to preach the good news. Then the Gentiles will become an offering that pleases God. The Holy Spirit will make the offering holy. Verses 14 through 16. My um, chapter actually um, on this verse, it starts, it's labeled, Paul serves the Gentiles. Paul serves the Gentiles. And what I find in these three verses is that Paul is seems to be very satisfied with what they have been doing thus far, but wanted to still go back and remind them of some things. The three things that stood out to me, particularly in verse 14, he talked about you are full of goodness, you are filled with knowledge, and you must be able to teach one another. When Paul talks about his goodness, I'm also reminded of scripture found in Galatians 5, verse 22, that talks about one of the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 22 reads, but the fruit of the, fruit of the Holy Spirit produces is love, joy, and peace. It is patient, kind, and good. It is being faithful. So we see that reference of goodness referred to in Galatians 5.22. And so Paul is reminding the saints that you're good, meaning that you have to have something already in you on the inside in order to be good. To be good. And so whatever goodness is showing on the inside is normally how people can learn to follow you. If there's nothing in you good, how can you begin to show somebody else how to be good? So that internal change has to be very present in our life in order for somebody else to see the goodness. And we're not talking about your goodness. We're talking about the goodness of Jesus Christ. So he wanted to remind them that you have to still be full of goodness. He also wanted to remind them to be filled with knowledge. What knowledge? Knowledge that can be found through the word of God. Then he also says to them that you ought to be able to teach one another. We should be able to instruct. We should be able to counsel one another. So those are some of the things that I brought out just from verse uh, 14. If anyone saw anything different and would like to add on, please share at this time.
anybody else. I didn't see anything different, Reverend Krebsack. I I uh, am in agreement with everything you just said. What struck me uh, in the NIV version is that he starts out be, uh, saying he is convinced that you yourselves are full of these these characteristics. Mm -hmm. So it's a state of confidence, statement yeah. of confidence in them, which kind of encourages them, I think, to go forward and do the rest of what he is uh, admonishing them to do. Amen. Amen. And I think, like you said, Paul and Deacon Brown, I think Paul is is setting them up. He's no longer just preaching to the to the to the Jews no more. He's got another plan. He's going to the next level. It's the same as we as Christians. We can't just say uh, Jesus wept all the time. We should go to the next level, going out reaching people. And this is what Paul is saying. I'm going to the Gentile. You need to go out also. But before you go out, you need to study to show yourself approved. That a work would need not be ashamed, right in dividing the world of truth. And so in other words, it's like when you come in, in, in Sunday school. If all you did was Sunday school, you won this defeated saint. You should grow from that. You should be doing something else rather than just one thing. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Okay, and then when he begins to transition, Paul transitions in verses 15 and 16, where he now comes, begins to talk about his purpose in ministry. This is what he was sent to do. He knew his purpose was to bring the gospel, the good news to the Gentiles in order that they may become an offering that pleases God. And this can only be possible through the Holy Spirit. That's the only way this is possible. So Paul is saying, you know, he knew what he was sent there to do. And I think that's so very important in ministry that we know our purpose. And so he saw it through for the whole purpose that they may, the Gentiles may become an offering that pleases the Lord. Anybody else? Did you see anything else that you would like to add? I'd just like to reiterate what you said there about Paul knowing what his, um, his gift and his grace, grace from the Lord was. Um, he tells us in another one of the epistles to make our calling and our election sure. And it's only as we are going forth in our calling assured that we are called, assured that we are gifted, assured mm -hmm. that we are walking in the Lord, that we can go forth with boldness. And that boldness, of course, comes from the power of the Holy Spirit within us. But it's got to begin with our, of course, being saved and knowing the Lord and walking with him. But then knowing, again, what his gifting is, what his calling is, and for us to abide within that calling, to go outside of what God has called us to do and to be, we're going to be much less efficacious in reaching people and being effective in ministry if we're trying to walk outside the ministry that God has called and gifted us for. So all of us need to make our calling and our election sure, even as Paul is reiterating again here, he knew he was called to be a minister mm -hmm. to the Gentiles for the glory of God. And he Amen. did by being sanctified by the power of the Holy Spirit within him. Amen. Amen. So it helps us all to, like I indicated, that we know 
our purpose. So we're not just going through the motion because the purpose really has nothing to do with us. It's all about God. And if we're not living out our purpose, how do we, how will we ever know that what we are doing is actually for God's glory? And I think Paul was sure he was clear on what he was called to do. Amen. 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 May I just add one more thing to that? And, and I probably mentioned this before, one of my favorite scriptures, Ephesians 2.10, that before the world was ever created, before anything ever existed, there are good works that God foreordained for each one of us to walk in. And the thing is, we've got to seek the Lord and walk in fellowship with them and his word and prayer and fasting and fellowship in order to find out where that good work, God is already there. He's called mm -hmm. us to be there. We just got to hear his voice follow the way when he's, the word talks about you should hear a word behind you saying this is the way walk you in and when you turn to the left when you turn to the right god has already foreordained it for us and it's for us to seek with all our heart and diligence to find where god has called us and gifted us and then to walk in that and there's the no way the devil can't touch us we're, we're always walking in the victory of christ because mm -hmm. the power of the holy spirit and the will of god is empowering us to do the work of god Amen. Amen. Anybody else as we uh, move forward? Hi, this is Renee. I agree with Brother Marcy in that, you know, we know that God has a purpose for all of our lives. And as he was saying, we just need to seek it. And, and I know that all of us pray, Lord, show us, show me what you want me to do as far as my purpose is concerned. Let me be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to hear what I need to say to whomever I come into contact. It might be somebody in the grocery store. It mm -hmm. might be somebody at work. It might be just a prayer that we send because somebody has laid, that God has laid somebody on our heart yes. to pray for that particular situation. And so mm -hmm. our purpose can be multifaceted. I, I, right now, I'm thinking about all of the things that go on in the world and those people that are trapped in that submarine. I like you. I've been praying for them. Them. I've been asking God's will to be done and my prayers that they are found and that they're alive. But I know God is in charge no matter how the outcome comes out. But our purpose is to pray and ask for God to show us who to pray for and what to pray for so that he'll be able to answer our prayer. Amen. Thanks for sharing. Amen. Okay, we'll move on to verses 17 to 21. If I could get someone to read that, please. I have the NIV version. Okay. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way through Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, 
and those who have not heard will understand. Amen. 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 Um, there is a, also a reference in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 15. And I'll go ahead and read it. It says, but many nations will be surprised when they see what he has done. Kings will be so amazed that they will not be able to say anything. They will understand things they were never told. They will know the meaning of things they have never heard. And that's a cross-reference, Isaiah 52, verse 15. So from those verses, anything that jumps out immediately um, when Paul starts off in verse 17, anything? Reverend Krepsak. Yes. Numerous of times he have said he would not do anything unless it's in the name of Jesus Christ, unless he given God, Jesus Christ, the credit and, and, and given the honor and the glory to him, that that's everything he does would be done that particular way. And that's something we always got to keep in mind that when we are doing for the Lord, we give the Lord the, the glory and we give him the credit because none of it belongs to us and it is because of us, but only because of Jesus Christ. And he expresses that and makes that very plain and clear, which we yeah. should also do. And, and yeah. I, I, I refer to that, but when I look back and I look at him talking about Jesus being in the forefront, front, if you look back at verse 15, he talks about writing to the saints boldly. And when we are doing something to the glory of God, we have to do it boldly. It, mm -hmm. You know, it has no, 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 it has nothing to do with who you are, but it has everything to do with who Christ is. And that's why you do it boldly. You mm -hmm. go forth. And that's why we need to know our purpose so we can do it boldly. And when we know we definitely ought to do it boldly uh, because when I was called to do something, I didn't do it boldly because I, I didn't want to, I didn't feel like doing it, but it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Amen. And Paul is expressing that even more. So right here. Amen. And I, and I like the fact that he did it. He made it clear immediately mm -hmm. to give Christ the credit that, yeah. you know, this is due to God. And, and so many times, if we're not careful, we can get caught up when yeah. someone say, girl, you did good. Or, or, you know, you, he did a great job. And if we're not careful, it's not that we're saying that we can never thank another person, but we never want to take the credit where it becomes, you know, and then now it's like somebody say you did good, Paul. And I'm like, thank you. I'm taking the credit rather than giving the credit to God. It's not nothing wrong with somebody recognizing the work that God is doing through you, but we want to make sure that we are clear that this is all God has nothing to do with me. So I just thought, I just wanted to throw it out because I thought it was good that Paul made sure he said that very quickly, that Christ is the one who has accomplished all of this for him. 
Anything else? In addition to what you're saying, Reverend Krabsack, I totally agree. It is important for us to acknowledge not only that uh, we understand it is God's, to God's glory, but that the person who's speaking to us Amen. understands that it's to God's glory. Amen. In other words, letting them know why we do say and go as he has commanded. Amen. Amen. And then that becomes a teachable moment because you never know when somebody else may say, well, what do you mean by that? And then that's an opportunity to share the good news of the gospel based on what Christ has done for you. Amen. Anybody else? Yeah, in verse 18, it talks about, I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. Mm -hmm. Because Christ accomplished it through him. Again, it wasn't Paul doing it, but Christ accomplishing it through him. And it's what several of us have already been saying. There was a result. Whenever God said his word would not return to him, but would accomplish that for which he has sent it. So when we go forth and we labor in the cause of Christ and where he's called us with his anointing upon it and obedience to him, there is a result that is seen. And here in this situation, the result was obedience of the Gentiles to the word of God. So obedience to God leads to results. Amen. Amen. And even in verse 19, where he goes on to say, he has given me power to do signs and wonders, even when faced with the miraculous things, Paul recognized that that was only possible by the power of God. And it's because God's power was working in his situation that these miraculous things were done. So even when it comes to miraculous signs and wonders, he's still saying, this is because God did this, not me. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? I know this was a lot here. We don't want to leave anything out. Um, but is there anything else in there? Well, Verses I, I thought, 21. This, this is Tyrone. Mm -hmm. I got, when I read it, I get, I get a little convicted. As, as long as I've been in the gospel, how many times have I I've blown it going out trying to uh, not really evangelize? I've been over hmm. seven, seven continents hmm. and, and up to two years ago, God, that I didn't realize God was giving me the opportunity. It wasn't just a job. And a lot of times that I've blown it and I picked up on it. I would take books to different places in Trinidad and places mm -hmm. trying to share the God. But how many years did I blow it? But God hmm. never gave up on me. So a lot of times we're like Jonah. You know, a lot of times God tells us what to do. Are we obedient? We got the 66 books of the Bible and we ain't got it yet. Mm. Mm. Amen. Mm. So when he says in verse 20, I have always wanted to preach the good news where Christ was not known. I don't want to build on what someone else has started. It is written, those who were not told about him will understand. 
those who have not heard will know what it all means. What's your thoughts on that? I would, where he says in verse 20, I have always wanted to preach the good news where Christ was not known. And the reason why I say that, because sometimes it's easier when you're in your comfort zone. When you're around people that know Christ, you know, it's easier because you feel like you have more in common. Um, but when you're somewhere else, how many, and I noticed some of what Deacon Taswell was hitting on that we've been other places where we may have blown it. But what are your thoughts on that? Is there a desire that, you know, within you that really will say, hey, I, I would like to share the good news somewhere? I think Paul is, was not known. It's the, it's the focus. Okay. When I first went out, got on the airplane, my job was to go there and make a lot of money and come on back home. I okay. had at the time I had no, the, no God gave the opportunity, but I didn't think about uh, sharing the gospel. I was oh. reading reading a purpose driven life book. Sitting in another lady was sitting by me. I blew it then. She says, "Oh, you're reading the purpose driven." That was an opportunity for me to talk to her about Christ. So oh. we we blew it, but he still gives us second and the third chance. And when you do. Uh, share your gospel to somebody that don't know Christ. Make sure that you're ready to do what you do. Make sure you do your due diligence because you might cripple them. Amen. Amen. So I think it's important that we pray and ask God to show us what he desires for us to do when we have those opportunities so that we won't miss it. Give us the discernment to know if this is what I need to be doing at this appointed time so that we won't blow those opportunities and ask God to just show us what it is he desires for us. And I believe he'll do just that. Reverend Krebsack? Yes. I think a lot of times I'll speak for me. It was like fear of rejection. You didn't know how the other person may respond. But once mm -hmm. you know that it's not, you it's christ in you it's the holy spirit all we have to do is have a willing heart and trust in god and he will give us the words to say he will show us the people that he wants us to share the gospel with amen amen and i'm glad you shared that because many times we are crippled by fear and we know that we have no reason to fear because Christ is with us. But I think that's good to share because sometimes when we come together, sometimes those are the things we don't want to say because everybody wants to believe that, oh, I have faith, I have faith. And sometimes our faith do waver and sometimes we are fearful. But I think when we begin to confess those things to Christ, that Lord, I am a little fearful, but I am going to believe by faith you're going to help me to overcome this so that I can do what you desire that I do by sharing the good news with somebody who may not have ever heard about you. So I do believe that God will give us exactly what we need at that moment. Amen. Amen. I agree because, you know, we, we may plant the seed. The person may or may not receive Jesus Christ as their savior, but we planted it. And we're going to pray that somebody else comes behind it and water it, and the Holy Spirit in his due time will open up the heart. Because I'm, I'm confessed for myself, when I first heard the gospel and I was raised up as the church, I didn't, I didn't um, 
receive Jesus as my savior as a child or any of that stuff. It wasn't really until I got to become an adult that I understood better mm -hmm. and understood what was sin and understood repentance. But there were people along the way that planted those seeds and watered and the Holy Spirit in due time made me understand. And I believe he'll do that for other people that we come into contact. Brother Taswell said, well, you know, I had an opportunity. I may have blown it. I don't even think it was that you blew it. The fact that you remember and you prayed about that person, you may not have said a word to that person, but the Holy Spirit knows your heart and he's going to be able to place that information into someone else, even though we may not be there. At least that's been my experience. Amen. You know, Amen. even sometimes, even sometimes, you know, we might have that, that same um, attitude that, that Moses had. Lord, you know, I'm kind of tongue-tied, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and then we may feel that uh, we are not, I say, qualified, you know, to to give the word like that sometimes. Sometimes we just, you know, lose a little faith sometimes about, uh, and we miss opportunities to spread the word, you know, sometimes. Amen. Amen. And also there in verse 20, Paul says, I aspired to preach the gospel. The aspiration that he had didn't just come out of nowhere. That mm -hmm. aspiration came out of an intimacy, the relationship with the Lord, and his knowing the word, his being anointed, and knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And his voice, the Lord's voice to him gave him a specific, um, as, as many have been shared already, something specific that God had, had called him and gifted him to do to preach the gospel mm -hmm. where Christ had not already been preached. So he knew specifically what God, God had called him to do. And as he walked in that calling and he walked in that anointing, there was fruit because there was obedience. And there was, again, the, the, the plan that God had foreordained be, even before the world was created, before Paul was born. Even like it says of uh, Jeremiah, before I formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and ordained that you be a prophet. And for each one of us, before we were, while we were being formed in our mother's wounds, the Lord had already ordained and is already forming us to be uh, the instruments that he has called us to be. So we can re just rest assured that our calling, our election, when it's sure, it, it, it is unique for each one of us in a lot of respects in that when we stand before the Lord, we will only be able to give an account for the gifting and the abilities and the opportunities that he gave us, not for what he gave to somebody else, but what he mm. is. That's when we stand before him, we will be given an accounting for stewardship of what he's given us and not what someone else has received. Amen. Amen. Anyone else before we move forward? Okay. And if I could ask someone to read verses 25, I'm sorry, uh, 22 to verse 29. I have the NIV, I think. Um, this is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain 
I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it. And indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. So after I completed this task and have made sure that they have received this contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. Amen. 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 Anything that stands out? We know that Paul is visiting Rome and um, we know that he's on his way to preach the gospel to Spain, in Spain. Um, but anything else stands out to you? I know that he has done a lot of work. He raised money. He's blessing the poor. Um, but just wanted to know if there's anything else that you saw in those verses, 22 to verse 29. I think Paul had a plan. Not He didn't have a plan. God gave him a plan, what he's supposed to be do doing and where he should be going. So he, he just saw it half-heartedly going to these places. He had a plan. God gave him a plan where he should be. It wasn't mm -hmm. about him. Amen. And that's and in I verse 25. I am going to Jerusalem doing what? Serving the saints. Mm -hmm. Service. Serving the saints. And I think um, also Paul recognized that um, he needed help and he had others to help with what he was trying to do when he was looking out for the poor um, in order to make the contribution to the poor, which is a plug right there that the church universal works together to help those that are in need. And this is the same thing Paul was doing and he couldn't do it by himself. So others help, which is the same thing that we should do in our local churches and our church universal. I, th I think Brother Newman had a great one today with uh, scripture, Matthew uh, 9, 37 and 8, uh, being committed. And, and, and it says that uh, Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers. So when he go to these places, he's praying that God's going to add to 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 the caravan. So he's not doing this all by himself. Right. And it's good when God adds to it, so you know you're not alone in this thing alone. Right. Exactly. Amen. And so in everything that we do, you know, God will prepare the way. Um, and the fact that he stopped him there, you know, temporarily on his way to uh, to Spain, 
Um, he did what he had to do while he was there and continued moving forward. God may not always plant us at the same place all the time, but wherever he plants us to work, we need to work for his glory until he tells us that it's time mm -hmm. to move on to another seat or another location. So whatever he has for, for us, he will prepare the way. Amen. It's just like ministry, anything else. We're there for a season. Uh, let us not unpack the suitcase because you never know when God going to have you to move again. Amen. Amen. And I think as we continue to uh, embrace our purpose, embrace our calling, embrace our passion, all of those things will begin to work together for our good. And then we'll begin to understand God's plan as he unfolds it in our lives. Um, so we just want to be clear on what he has in store for us as it relates to our purpose, our passion. And so that when he tells us to go, we know exactly why we're going because he's made it clear to us what our purpose is. Amen. Amen. Paul is a great example of obedience to the Lord, but of course, Christ is the ultimate um, example that we are to follow. And I stand amazed that when he was there upon the cross and uh, at those last moments, when he had given up his life's blood and sacrificed his sinless life on our behalf, he said, it is finished. And when he said it was finished, all those people he left behind that were still sick and diseased and wrangling in sin, but he had finished the purpose for which the Father had sent him here upon the earth to do. And we can rest the assurance that, uh, again, as, as others have reiterated, God will send others. And we don't have to go, go to bed worrying about all the other things that are going on in the world. We know that each day, we have sought the Lord and we have walked in obedience to the opportunities to share the gospel, to do a good deed, whatever it is that he's called us to do. We don't have to worry about all the rest. He's got that covered, but we can say uh, to the best of our abilities that we every day seek to finish the work that God has already ordained for us to walk in each day for his glory. So we can walk up, wake up every morning saying, Lord, what is your plan? What Amen. is your plan? What is it that you would have me to do? Who would you have me speak to? Who would you have me pray for today? And then at the end of the day, when we lay our heads down on the pillow. We can look back and do a review and see, you know, have we obeyed the Lord? Where have we fallen short? Where have we uh, seen the victory? Where have we seen the Lord moving? And what are we to prepare for as we seek his face in the word and in prayer for the coming day? Amen. Amen. Anybody else before we move on to the final verses? Okay, and if I can get um, someone to do, close us out with verses 30 to 33. Now I beg you, brethren, through the, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the spirit that you strive together with me in prayer to God for me and that I may and that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe and that my service for the Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints 
and that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. And that was New King James. Okay. Thank you. Amen. So we conclude verses 30 to 33. Anything stands out to you? If anyone has a different version, Deacon Brown, would you happen to have the message that you can share um, verses 30 to 33? I can. Yes. Thank you. One second. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, the message version, starting with verse 30. I have one request, dear friends. Pray for me. Pray strenuously with and for me to God the Father through the power of our Master Jesus, through the love of the Spirit, that I will be delivered from the lion's den of unbelievers in Judea. Pray also that my relief offering to the Jerusalem believers will be accepted in the spirit in which it is given. Then, God willing, I'll be on my way to you with a light and eager heart, looking forward to being refreshed by your company. God's peace be with all of you. Oh, yes. Amen. Amen. Anything jump out on the final um, verses? I think on the, at the first thing is, I appeal to you. I urge you in basically what he's saying. So I'm going to go mm -hmm. back into Romans 12, 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. Present your body a living sacrifice and, and be conformed to, to God's world, not the world. As you go forth, and, and he's urgent. He, it's like a plea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I and see he's... there also the, the, the working of the body of Christ. You know, Paul was such a preeminent apostle and received such a great calling from the Lord, of course, to first bring the gospel to the, the Gentiles. But he also recognized his connectedness with the rest of the body of Christ. And in verse 30, he says, that I want you to strive together with me. And mm -hmm. to God for me. He recognized that his ministry was dependent upon the prayers of the saints that were a part of the fellowship that he was in. That he couldn't go forth in the power and the anointing and the fullness of God's calling in his life unless he was yoked together with others who were interceding for him that were helping him to to go forth into in the spirit realm for the door to be open for the gospel, as he said in one of the other epistles, pray that a door for the preaching of the gospel would be brought forth. And he mentions, I think, in later in this, toward the end of this chapter, uh, or another part of this book, that um, those who are in opposition to him, that they would be set aside, removed, that the Lord would hold them at bay, at bay essentially. But that was possible because Others were praying with him, striving with him. And that word strives, not, it's not a superficial prayer. When you strive for something, there's a lot of effort going on. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of uh, fasting probably going on with that when you strive together because you're dealing with heavenly forces and you're dealing with spiritual wickedness in high places that are opposed to the gospel of Christ and to the preaching of the word and God's will going forth. And so he was recognizing that, hey, we're in this thing together, and I need your yeah. prayers. I'm the one out front, but you mm -hmm. got to be backing me up in prayer and seeking the Lord. Amen. 
So Paul recognized that prayer is a necessity in ministry and that he could not make it without the power of prayer. So my question to all of us, do you see prayer the same way? Or are you struggling to try to make it because of your failure not to pray? This is so powerful because we are commissioned to pray for one another. We should pray without ceasing, which reminds us that it's urgent that we should keep praying. And so nothing we do in ministry should be done without praying because we want to pray to God so God can tell us what we need to do. So like I said, I challenge you in any form of ministry God has placed you in, whether it be in the body of your church or outside of the church or something that God has um, birthed in your heart to start as a ministry, recognize that it will fail without the power of prayer. Amen. That's how urgent Amen. prayer is. And I think sometimes God gets us to a place where he wants us to do less of this, you know, talking to one another and just learn how to pray more, pray for one another, because that's where the power comes in. Amen. Anybody Reverend, else? Reverend Kripp said, the scriptures tell us that men ought to always pray. That's right. Uh, and then, and then we, we, we were told if we, when Jesus went in the garden of Gethsemane, he prayed. That's right. Not my will, but thy will. Even Jesus, the son of the living God, prayed to his father, not his will, but God's will, the father's will. So prayer is necessary. Yes, it Man is. shall not live by bread alone, by every word that coming out of the mouth of God. But the word that come out of the mouth of God is that men ought to always pray as well. Amen. We have to pray. Amen. Daniel prayed in the lion's den. Yes, Prayer he did. went on. Yeah. Amen. You know, and I've heard it said that prayer is the work. Prayer yeah. is the work. So if we don't pray, the work's not going to be accomplished. We may do something, but right. it will never have the efficacy and the full effect that God ordained for it to have if it's not backed up by prayer. Amen. Amen. Well, if we don't have any other um, comments, um, we're going to close there um, with the power of prayer um, and believe that God, just like he spoke through Paul, he's speaking to us too, that we need to keep praying, even when it doesn't look like change is coming, keep praying, even when it seems like your prayers are not answered in a timely manner that you would like them to be answered keep praying even when you doubt sometime or fear creeps in keep praying and trust god will work things out for your good amen 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 well if uh, we don't have any other comments we're gonna close out with prayer we're gonna ask if there's any prayer concerns to be lifted um, before we close out in prayer.